1: The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on The Break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, Season 18, Episode number 11. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we've got an hour of Cowboys talk with you guys today. Today we're going to actually zero in on three guys Uh, I would say, I guess we probably would all agree, they're probably the three most high-profile players, definitely on the offense, maybe on the whole team. We're going to talk about Dak, we're going to talk about Zeke, and we're going to talk about C.D. Lamb. Uh, and kind of dive in a little bit on those three players and where they were last year going into this year and what the expectations should be uh, for them this year. Right now, the Cowboys are in their second week of OTAs. They have another week next week, and then they'll have um, their mini camp before they send everybody away for a little bit of break and relaxation before training camp. That sounds good, but, I mean, training camp is now next month. I know. It's coming. It's coming. I just submitted our list the other day. You all are on it. Did we get rejected? Well... Yeah. No, not yet. No one else? <laughs> not yet, but we'll see if anybody comes back and says anything about it. But you're all on the list, so get ready. Start yep. packing, Amber. Uh-huh. You're heading to training camp. I'm packing for two or three vacations before that. Are you? Yes. You want to say where you're going? No. Really? <laughs> no. no. You don't want to tell people out there, you're not going to tell us
3: either. Like nope. Nobody's going to know. I'm just going to hang like a gone fishing sign at my cube starting on
2: June 17th. We're, we're vacationing the same time. That's what I'm awesome. talking about, vacation. Love it. I always like Love it them. when I take vacation, other people are out too. Let's
4: talk about too. that. Let's talk about it. I didn't know there was three or four vacations. Mm-hmm.
2: I got two. So you might want to plan a few, Nick. Yeah, right.
4: can <laughs> You got it can, right? Can't if Dave's did, taking three.
3: <laughs> Some of them are weekends, whatever.
4: Yeah. yeah. It
2: works. All right, let's jump in. Uh, I want to talk, about, I want to start this conversation first with Dak. Uh, last week, uh, he met with the media for a little bit of time, and uh, one of the things that jumped out to me, he was talking about being focused on his footwork and consistency. He said he's fully healthy, as it was not the case last year. And I want to start the conversation there, um, just in a in a general sense. If you look at how Dak performed last season, what do you think is the the area where you most want to see him improve going into two thousand and
4: twenty two? let uh, start. <laughs> maybe start off better. I mean, we had too many slow starts in games. In games, um, sometimes they were able to come back from that and, and and rally and and take care of business. Sometimes they weren't, and, and they find themselves digging a hole there. I mean, I, I think that whether that's Kellen Moore and him, uh, you know, whatever that is, but I think that that he he needs to figure out ways to kind of come out hot. Be better early, and that would help Zeke be better, and then that'll help the running game and all that. If you can kind of establish that, but I, that that would be one area that may not be a specific, but I just think starting off early on games is something they can improve on. I
3: laughed because like I don't have a great answer for that. In a vacuum, I don't think Dak Prescott needs to improve very much. He was in the short list of MVP consideration, like. I I say this all like I feel like a crazy person the way that like that has just been swept to the side. And I get it. it he fell off. The whole team fell off. But and that's why it's a hard thing to answer cuz I'm I'm like, well, I want I want the offensive line and the running game to produce better and that'll probably make Dax's life a whole lot easier. Um like I've seen the peak of the way Dak Prescott can play, and I think you're nitpicking if you're sitting there saying that there's just a ton of improvement he can do. I mean, sure, like uh, his deep ball accuracy could be a little bit better, I suppose. His anticipation could be better. That's true for probably every quarterback in the world except maybe Patrick Mahomes. Um, That's what makes last season so mystifying is – uh, they just they had it and they lost it and I don't
2: I don't think there's a tidy answer to that and it's certainly not all on Dak. So I'll, I'll challenge you a little bit farther there. You said you thought the whole team fell off. You said he fell off a little bit in the second half. It, that being said, what what were those areas where you felt like he fell off? Like where did you think, or was it just a situation where you think the team fell off that wasn't necessarily about Dak?
3: Well, f- for starters. Um, I mean, you know, for starters, yeah, like, what, was he completely healthy? He says he was. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's that's his thing. You know, like, I can't sit here and speculate based on how his calf and his shoulder felt if he says he was healthy. And he was very adamant throughout the second half of the season that he was. So that's how I'm going to choose to judge him. But I think that was part of it. Um, the other thing, too, again, like, Uh, it sounds like a bad thing to say, like, oh, you need a good running game to be good. Like, no, that's just football, really. And I think they lost the ability to impose their will in the run game, and I think defenses played them in such a manner where um, they knew they didn't need to fear that, and they challenged Dak. I think a big way Dak Prescott could probably improve his game is learning to be a little bit more patient, Um he Yeah, he, he he struggled with that at times. He's like, screw this. Like, how much longer am I going to have to take the check down? I want to go for the gusto. And it bit him a lot last year. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably – that's something he could probably stand to work on. Amber?
0: Um, well, the one thing that I can think of is just, like, his whole game, basically. <laughs> his whole game – because – I think that he's going to be asked to do so much more this year. I don't think that the offense is better than what they were last year, talent wise, on the field. There's a lot of question marks, a lot of doubts. There's a lot of things that we need to wait and see how it actually looks rather than me expect how it's going to look right now. Right now, I feel that, you know, whether that's tight end, Wide receiver, the running game, the O-line specifically, there's a, little, a, a lot of work and improvement that needs to be overall. And I think that based on what I've seen from Dak and his whole career, he's the type of player, and you always say this, Dave, like, well, that's every quarterback, basically, that they do need help around them. And that is true, but at the same time, Dak, I don't know, I think he needs a little more help than normal than average Just he needs a lot of components to be working the right way for him to succeed or be the most successful he can be in the game and although he's improved in the passing game, some of those deep throws he's going to have to put it all together the accuracy thinking quickly on his feet, I would like to see more footwork this year, last year I feel that he kind of took a step back obviously given the whole injury thing but I think that He's going to have to put it all in this year for sure because the team is just going to need it overall and they're going to require more of him.
4: Speak. Go ahead. I, I, I wanted to, to actually say so Dave's point. I, I disagree 100% with what Dave said. I think he needs to be less patient. I think he was too patient last year because I think that's what teams want him to do. They want him to say, I'm going to throw it to the open guy. The open guy is Schultz, six yards down the field, he gets eight. Like that's what they want he's got to i think he's got to actually i mean that's why he doesn't have a lot of interceptions because i don't think he takes as many chances as he probably should if you want to get amari cooper the ball or now you want to get cd lamb the ball i mean they were trying to make sure that they didn't get the ball now everyone says well aaron Rodgers gets his guy the ball stafford gets his guy the ball because they got the arm to do it they're gonna do it they're gonna throw it in their tight window that may not be as open as Dak wants it to be, so they'll, he'll throw it over here to Jarwin or Schultz or, or dump it off. These guys have 40, 50 catches, but it's hollow.
2: Are we sure that that's not a function more of the offensive coordinator, though? Because if the offensive coordinator is setting up hey, the I'm offense in a way, way— Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I want to point that out, because I think that there could be a situation where the offensive coordinator is setting it up such that the quarterback gets the ball to the open guy, and that means that the yeah. open guy, if he's six yards down the field— now the offensive coordinator is going to have to do a little bit more work and figure out how to scheme open the guy you want to be open rather than just saying whatever yeah. they give us is what we'll take.
4: Exactly, and, and, and you're right. If that's Kellen, then that's on Kellen. But but I, I just think that that they kind of play into the defensive hands a little bit. They, they're like, all right, well, we'll give you Cedric Wilson. We'll give you these guys, and then we'll tackle them, and, and we'll get off the field. Yeah. and there's a balance there I mean you don't want you don't want this renegade guy throwing and getting picks all the time so that's that's the thing of it I mean this is his seventh year and I mean even Romo said it back Romo said he figured things out in t- 2013. He that's when he really figured things out. It was like his 6th or 7th yeah. year. And
2: literally right there toward the end, Towards of, the his very career. end of his career, yeah. you yeah.
4: know, and so quarterbacks are always figuring things out. Yeah. And maybe that's what Dak can do better at, you know, this
2: year too. How much do you guys think his injury from 2020 was still a, an issue for him last year? Maybe not, maybe not even just in how he played, but also in what he was, what he would try or what the team would even allow him to try coming off of that injury?
4: He didn't seem like he ran as much, so I. It, but they said that going in that he was gonna he was said he was gonna be smarter about it, if maybe that's being smarter about it.
2: I think I, I went yesterday and I looked at the numbers. It was roughly about about one less run per game, on less average, run. about. Now of course in 2020 you only had a sample size of five and a half games, right? Right. So or four and a half games it would be four and a half games. So. Um, So it was was a very small sample size that season. But on average, it was about one less run per game.
3: Yeah, I mean, in terms of raw numbers, I don't think it made much of a difference. He ran 48 times last year. The big thing for me is, is... i've said this more times than i can count i just think you gotta you gotta show a willingness to be creative with the way that you use a quarterback with that skill set particularly in the red zone my man rushed for 18 touchdowns his first three years in the league he's got seven cents um and 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 to be i mean he got he got effed a couple times last year. Like he yeah. he scored two or three touchdowns that they didn't give him, and now that's two of them were in one game. Right? I'm not even saying like, oh, this no, it's a controversial. No, he got screwed. Yeah, like they took two touchdowns away yeah. from him, Patriots and Eagles. That I think
4: so different if he scores right there. Yeah, that game is completely different. I agree because you got Mac Jones the whole game now trying to like come back. He's gonna keep throwing picks. or were throw some picks like that that was a really big momentum yeah. but they still overcame it but
3: i still think i think there's there's more that can be done there and it's easy to say like read option but bootlegs, you know, just just moving the pocket, allowing him to like extend the play toward the sideline and which I was going to bring this up too, I believe his one rushing touchdown last year was against Atlanta and he even, like he grown manned the guy at the goal line (laughs) and he was like I kind of had to remind people that I'm big like I can do that and then meanwhile like everybody's you know jerry and everybody else is like wringing their hands about it like don't do that anymore it's like no we're we're playing football here playing football here at the end of the day like yeah i mean you don't have to scheme up 10 carries a game for this guy but that needs to be an element of what he does and it always has been i
4: think a lot of that too was it was maybe 35 to 7
3: or 35 yeah they did have a big lead they did have a big lead like maybe be a little more judicious but and then again
4: at the same time like i mean you can't take the training wheels off these guys all the time. And
3: not all, like that's the f- and, and I get like the older you get, the more you have to be conscientious of it, but like Dak Prescott carried the ball a thousand times in the SEC with little to no mishap. You know, I'm not I'm not going to reinvent the way I think about him as a player because of a freak injury.
2: Yeah, cuz it was a very fluke injury. Let's yeah. let's be honest. It wasn't like you know, one of the things where he lowered his shoulder and took on a guy and yeah. broke his collarbone. It wasn't that. It was a situation where literally somebody just kind of, he fell awkward. Somebody fell the wrong way and it breaks his, his ankle. Like I, that's not something that you necessarily replicate on, a, on the next run, right? Gross.
3: There's an element of being smart about it. And then there's an element of like, scared money don't make money. This is the NFL, you know?
0: I'm trying to remember and I can't remember like what it looked like in the first half of the season versus the second half when they started kind of losing their power. Was there a difference between Mm -hmm. him, like, carrying the ball or something or, like, the way he specifically was playing?
4: Well, they stopped the run. The running game went down. Well, And, you you, know, it's even crazy. I'm sorry. That was it. That was was a big part, and then that that affected everybody. But the the running game numbers were really different.
0: Oh, yeah, and I don't expect – my quarterback to be running the ball when the yep. actual running back but
2: they were a one dimensional team
0: yeah, in the yeah, second
2: yeah. towards the end of the year. And that That's affected that but, but I think affected part everybody. of that, if you go back and look at the numbers, really, the big change is that teams looking at the Denver game and on, teams blitzed a lot less than they were doing earlier in the season. And 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 if you even look at the second half of the season when teams did blitz Typically it was the division teams, and the Cowboys handled it really well, right? They handled there was only one game where it was a game where they got blitzed, like it was one of the top five games I want to say that they got blitzed where they lost, and that was the Arizona game. Like really after Denver, teams just realized the same thing that Denver did. I think Denver blitzed like eight to ten times. Teams just started realizing, keep everybody back, blitz every once in a while. You're going to force this team to have to basically beat you with the. But they'll they let you run. You have to beat us with the pass, and and that's where the Cowboys just couldn't that's, figure it out. And to go
3: back to, and I, I mean, I do think he needs to be more patient because that, like, this is this is the long game, and you're seeing this all over the NFL. Mahomes struggled with it last year. Teams play Justin Herbert this way. Those two guys have cannons that can. I mean, Dak Dak just doesn't have that arm strength. He yeah. just doesn't. I mean, very few people on earth <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, But you you see these teams drop back and playing too high all the time and daring you to get impatient. And so you're trying to force things into windows against six- and seven-man coverage. And the Cowboys' great equalizer is that when things are going well, they can just maul you with the run. And if you don't get out of that look – and contribute more guys to the box, then you're screwed. And they're going to run for 190 yards, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they lost that ability in the second half of the season. The line fell apart. Guys got hurt. Zeke fell apart. It is easy to forget. And I'm not trying to let him off the hook completely. He makes a ton of money and hasn't lived up to the contract. But, like, Zeke was rolling through the first six weeks of the season. Uh, When did he get
2: hurt? When did that injury happen? I
3: think he hurt the PCL against Carolina, if I I remember correctly. Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they were averaging like 190 yards per game. He looked good, like just watching in the eye test. He looked really good. By the way, that was, you know, that's a very small sample size. And one of those games was against Tampa when they gave up on the run in the second quarter. So that's how dominant they were. And I get it. Some of those defenses were bad. Philly's defensive front is not bad. You know, Hargrave, Cox, Brandon Graham, those guys, like they mauled those guys. Yeah. Um, Jordan Davis. I mean, welcome to the party, pal. So, um,. But, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I think you run the risk of oversimplifying it, but I think for them to be at their best, they need to be able to run the ball more consistently. than, And I think that it all builds off of that because – it's easy to play too high when you're not worried about them r- rushing for more than you know three and a half yards per carry.
2: Yeah, back to the point of what you were saying, Amber. Asking about what happened differently in the second half. This was interesting to me. I was looking at some numbers from last year. Did you guys know in the first six games of the season, Cowboys receivers had four drops across six games, average of about less than a, a drop a game. Second, I mean, in the, in the final ten games of the season, they had twenty-four drops, an average of about two point four drops per game Um, makes me start wondering if in a lot of ways we gave Dak a hard time we gave the running game a hard time and if more attention should have been paid to the fact that your receivers were failing you in situations where they were just dropping the ball
4: are we sure that's not an average that's not the way it is around
2: the whole league I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying. You look. It's, there's a stark difference between when they were rolling in the first part and when they yeah. took the downturn. There's in the second. also
4: a, another difference in every football season from the start of the season to the end, and that's what the weather it looks like. And I just wonder if that is a normal thing. Did they have
2: any poor weather games last year? I
4: was mean, just any. I mean Kansas City. I mean you know. I mean New York. I mean you're just playing in, in conditions that I, I know New York was a tough one. New York was was tough to, to throw the ball around. I just think. That might be a normal stat of like you don't you don't see that happen a lot, and then as the year goes on, it's harder to catch, you know. And, and who's also, what's a drop? You know what I mean? We we found that out with when To was here, you know, it, it hit To's pinky behind him, and then that was a drop because people, you know, categorize that as a drop. I'm just saying, I think that might be a normal thing of a little bit more drops later in the season than early. I don't know. Just as a general thought,
3: I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, for the hype that was placed on them, the receiver core did not live up to its billing even a little bit. Yeah. Which – and I'm sitting here saying, like, oh, it's kind of nitpicky to try to say Dak needs to improve in this, that, and the other way. it's going to be harder for him. Like that – I mean – Age, I think Ag, you and I differ on "quote unquote" what what it means when you say a quarterback needs help. I think all of them need help, right? and I hear what you're saying, but like again, I bring up Mahomes all the time for good reasons because for most of his career, he's been surrounded by elite level talent, and I'm not even just talking about Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, their offensive lines have been wonderful for most Until of. Until they weren't, play. and we uh, saw. Well, right? I mean, the Super Bowl is a great example, yeah. but. Um. yeah, I mean, but even, you know, the year he won the MVP, he's got, like, Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle. I mean, they've had wonderful offensive lines for the vast majority of his career. Anyway, there's less talent here now than there was last year for Dak. I mean, I think that's inarguable.
4: And and I think you have to just – this is just reading between the lines. But is Dak okay with that? You know, I mean, think about – I mean, The Cowboys said, "Here are five phone numbers to call these wide receivers. They've never done that, or not that we've ever heard. We value your opinion, and you call these guys and talk to them, and let's see." He said last
3: week, "It's the first time anybody's ever asked them to do that." Okay, before the draft, but they're
4: valuing his opinion. They want to know his opinion, and so it seems if his opinion was. I got to have 19 on this team. I and I'm not saying he's the reason that he kicked him off the team or anything like that. I'm just saying if they're valuing his opinion and all of a sudden they're letting this guy go and it's a head scratcher and everyone around the league's like why did they do this? They didn't get anything for it. Then makes me think that maybe you know, Dak is at least on board with it or okay with it. Unless it's one of those things like, we're doing this, deal with it. Because you know how that goes with the Jones family. It's like, there are certain things, like, what do you think? And there's other things of, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And that might have been it. But uh. to, I think you're 100% right, but I think
3: everything you just said would apply the same way if you took out 19 and said 88 five years ago. Like, like was Dak Prescott spurring the charge to get rid of Dez? No, but... Did Dak probably see which way that was going and and was privy to that? I, absolutely.
2: I also don't think Dak necessarily had the influence in the
3: building at sure. that point. That he should. have but, now. but I'm just saying, like organizational change like that, like typically doesn't just come out of nowhere. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I and you. it sounds great in the spring, and then in the fall when you've got to create separation, it's another story. That's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> so he may be in that huddle like. Man, I should have spoken. I've been here I've been here too many (laughs) times.
3: (laughs) I've been here too many times in May listening to like, well, this is what we think he can do and this is why we're excited about it. And then you get out there against James Bradbury and Dante Jackson. I'm thinking about specifically, I don't even know if Bradbury was there, but the twenty eighteen opener against Carolina. Yeah. They only lost that game sixteen to eight, but I just remember feeling hopeless. I was like they can't They're do They're never going to score. They are not going to move this ball downfield. They can't do anything. Like nobody's open. They got nothing. And Kawan Short is just eating Dak for lunch. Like at, like and <laughs> okay. it was a rude awakening and 6 weeks later Amari was on the team.
4: Yeah. It's all am saying. Can't you just see being at the AT&T Stadium for a game, playing noon game and then their second quarter they haven't scored and then somebody's we like Amar just scored a second touchdown.
2: Right? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's going to happen up. at some point this year. All right, we're going to take our final I mean our, our first break when we come back. Let's talk about CD Lamb. We'll get into these wide receivers and CD Lamb's role in that room and with his quarterback. We'll do that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it for turning your living room into your office and your gym. We're teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T is giving everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply Back to the break.
4: If you can't see very well, you need to book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more. Essler. All right. We're back from the break here. and well, Derek is not.
3: Welcome back he's, to the break. Uh,
0: I do have a question while well, we wait to, for Derek. I,
3: whenever to you ask a question, I know we're going to spend like 25 minutes arguing, oh so I can't no, wait.
0: No. Well, this one's tough because as we see it, sit here and we... Discuss the offense, and we discussed Dak Prescott and his level, playing level, and all that. I keep thinking, I'm like, okay, where did it go wrong? Like, what happened last year? And I feel like at the beginning of the season they were collectively good. Second half, they were collectively bad. So it's like I'm, I'm just I'm trying, and that goes into like coaching as well, like Kelly Moore, what he was doing in the, in the game. So like. It was real what simple. really happened, and and too, like, is there anything that's like, because you know, in years you could say, oh, you have Zeke running the ball; he was the one carrying the team. But like, I really don't see anybody last year in that second half where. That was the good, the only good thing from the offense. I
4: think the minute that they put the red stripe on that helmet, it changed everything. <laughs> and that was the Denver game. I hate that. I'm just kidding. Was it Denver
3: no, I know was it the red stripe? Games. I know you're kidding. It was kidding. Denver. But I know there are a bunch of people that are like, yeah, yeah. the stripe. Don't ever bring the stripe back. Right.
4: I thought the stripe looked great. It,
2: it was did cool. look
3: great. It was cool.
4: and I it, don't and, think and, people want to see it because no, no. they, they saw what happened when they well, had it. Well, Denver, Denver really, you know, whether you want to say uh, – there's a lot of colors involved there. Was it red because of the stripe? Was it orange because of what the stadium looked like and what those jerseys? Or was it blue, the blueprint that everyone talked about that mm. really – Changed everything. And Are you
2: writing articles here on the air? Is that like can? Be one of your, I mean, your, yeah. <laughs> was that a and column at the, idea that at you the had end, just
4: didn't? I really I always didn't have enough green. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you can
3: point to damn near everything, Ag. That's it, it. Makes it frustrating to try to figure out. I mean, go go down the list. Start. I mean, offensive line. Tyron Smith gets hurt. Another thing, uh, Lyle Collins. Nobody seem can seem to agree whether he needs to be in or out of the starting lineup. There's one day we'll get to the bottom of that whole drama like over some lemonades with somebody but uh and then i think about this too like even go back to when they were winning new england comes to mind they could not stop committing holding penalties yep. in that game and it was like it almost made you excited cuz you were like oh my god like they keep getting out of these first and 20s like they keep converting anyway they're so damn good and they stopped doing that in the second half i think a big part of that is Drops. (laughs) Guys (laughs) getting hurt. Well, and then think about, you know, the second half of the season, like starting with Denver, what else happens? Amari gets COVID. CD gets a concussion in Kansas City. Um, I know there was something else. Somebody else goes missing. Blake Jarwin winds up getting hurt to the point that it derails his career. That's an understated injury. Zeke has a partially torn PCL. Dak, at the very least, if he wasn't hurt, he was in his head about f- avoiding injury. I'm, I'm just gonna say that for him. I just he just didn't seem like he was playing, you know, with the same amount of and then, moxie as usual. Now, so
4: another thing that happened too is you know, and w- when Gregory got hurt, Gregory, you know, hurt his calf, and I, I think for the last few, for those few games, I mean, D. Law hadn't come back yet, mm-hmm. so they played. I mean. They probably should have beaten the Raiders by by seventeen points. They didn't have a receiver. They didn't have a pass rush. Yeah, and and, and Kansas City too. I mean, the way that defense played, considering, you know, they they That's, had chances there and didn't score a touchdown up there. Didn't have any receivers.
3: I'm reluctant to even bring up the um, the Chiefs game because, like, I mean, mo- most of these losses down the second half of the season were games that they lost because the offense couldn't do anything. Like the defense more. 19 points from the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yeah. All should be day. Awesome. Yeah. I think they forced two they did force two takeaways in that game. They sacked Mahomes two or three times. Mm-hmm. Defense played really well. Huh? Really the Raiders game is the only loss that you can squarely peg on the defense. I suppose Tampa Bay too. I'm very forgiving about that Tampa Bay game though. Just I mean opening night against that team like what I mean where They you did everything
2: do? They, they that you would have expected them to,
3: Some, be able to do in that. Sometimes you just tip your cap and say somebody loses. Yeah. Like I don't even I'm not sitting here
4: like, ah, if they could only done this. It's like, no. Yeah. But that's she- one of those, you knew. Like when the field goal went through and it was like a minute 30, and you're like, Mm. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think, yeah. I it's was like, happen. I was yeah. packing my bag to go down, and Derek, you know, Derek loves to play that. He's like, "What do we think, Davy? What's gonna happen next?" And I was like, "They're gonna give up the field goal and lose." Tom- Derek, like, I hate to be a bummer, but
2: I just wanted you to play along. It's Tom Brady. I just thought maybe you'd give me something interesting, but no, it was the same thing that we all knew was gonna happen. All right, let's talk about. Uh, and I don't know where you were going with before. I was. She's still was trying out. to figure out what happened. Sorry, I'm. I'm so sorry.
0: Well, no, we're trying to figure out what's gonna happen. in the, the wide receiver group. Yeah, well, yes, I want uh, to talk about CD. That's another interesting part.
2: <laughs> well, the, we heard this quote that came uh, last week. Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, talked to Jerry, and uh, Jerry basically told him that he thinks that uh, CD, uh, or at least I'm going to say the paraphrase of what Clarence wrote, uh, was that CD will be an upgrade over Amari. Um, and, and the quoted part was this was relative to his production uh, in the huddle, and off the field. Now you guys are Jerry Whisperers, you kind of know mm-hmm. how Jerry talks. Tell me what do you think he was getting at cuz he specified those three things. What do you think he could have been getting at? First from a standpoint of production, second from the standpoint of in the huddle, and third from the standpoint of off the field. I don't think we can
4: Go ahead, Dave. I I don't <laughs> Look, I don't
2: I think we've
3: I think we've done all we can do to lay this out. Like I'm I'm trying to you try to lead a horse to water, right? Like there was dissatisfaction with Amari Cooper that had nothing to do with his, like, abilities as a football player. Like, haven't we made that yes. pretty clear over the last four months? Like, in whether that's in terms of, like... The buy in again, like I don't have to extrapolate anything. Jerry let you know on the radio how aggravated he was about not being vaccinated. He, I mean, he called him out like a damn thunderbolt. Like, that's one of those things where you're listening to it and you're like, whoa, yeah, he said, I not me or we not me, whatever he said. It's like, damn, he just took a shot at his star receiver right here on the radio. Um, and then and then you hear other things we've talked about it on here, like. Pulling yourself out of the Jets game on the third play or not being on the field on the crucial fourth down at the end of the de facto division title game in 2019. Like that stuff, it's fun talk radio fodder. It makes an impression in the front office as well. And like that, those are things that I've heard directly from people. That's not me guessing. Um, So, yeah.
4: And. I'm fine. I mean, and also we were factoring in offseason, Jerry. I mean, he's he's always optimistic. He's going to be optimistic on this, and I'm I'm fine. It maybe CD Lamb as the number one receiver can be better than Amari Cooper as the number one. That's very possible. What I don't think is going to happen is who's going to be better than CD as the number two. The question Mm -hmm. has
3: never been about Amari versus CD. It's always cool you got a pretty
4: good number 1 what all what's going on with the rest of this pippin pippin did a nice job of replacing jordan that year in 94 but no one there wasn't another pippin mm. that, that was the problem and i'm you know i mean, i'm just saying that he did the best he could to t- kind of be the guy he wasn't jordan but no, he, he did no well, he wasn't he could. and but i'm i'm just saying CD could be better than, than Amari. but the problem is is they had two of them you know, and now Jerry also threw that quote in there about Amari should when he he should take half the field with him when he goes as a number one receiver.
3: Yeah, there's another like shot yeah. across the bow. Like, I think that was no, that was when Amari was still on the yeah. team. Yeah, that yeah. was like after, was after the, the playoff the, after loss. the playoff
4: game, which there's some everything that we, we say about like Dak does this or Amari does this it all, or first half starts. It all, all kind of comes back to Kellen Moore. Like Kellen Moore's got to be got to be better, too. He's got to be. And, I mean, they all do. You know, you just said it. I mean, a lot of the defensive, you know, issues weren't really there as much. Some of it they were, but, I mean, the offense was was the underlining problem here.
3: It does. It irks, it irks me the way that this gets framed into, like, a CD versus Amari thing when re- it's really more about, okay, you got a pretty damn good number two. We'll see when he's available. And also – Again, this isn't Madden where the prerequisite 8 months go by and you're 100% Man, ready like to play, yeah. Yeah, I'm so. Well, I mean, he might even be ready to play. He might not be the same Michael Gallup right, right. away. Guys say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, how good can he be and how quickly? Then you got a rookie. A third-round rookie, not CD Lamb, a guy you took in the third round. Like, we all hope for the best for that, but it's no guarantee. It's it's always been about what the rest of the depth chart looks like. I got no worries about CD Lamb. It's everybody else.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that finding a solid group is pretty hard. Like, I'm still traumatized from the time of when they were playing, like, what did they call it? By committee? Or,
3: a receiver. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they
3: adjourned that committee <laughs>
0: yeah. in week
2: seven and, <laughs> and traded for somebody else.
0: Yeah. As we were was, coming
2: back from visiting Washington, D.C., and yep. the monuments and everything, yeah.
0: It was a big mess, but... Once they got to what they had last year, and you saw the way that tag was just – it could be anybody, Cedric Wilson, even Noah Brown at times. It, it was just clicking. It was working um, until it wasn't. But that's the thing. Like, right now – and I know it's just OTAs. First week was last week. But to see two of your guys hurt not being able to practice – I mean, crap, I'm, I'm already, you know, fast-forwarding to the season, I'm like, okay, what the heck does this look like when it was already a concern overall, and then you get two guys that are injured. And again, these aren't major injuries or anything, but it's still something to keep an eye on in every practice. For new guys, especially uh, rookies, and even new guys as veterans coming in here, I mean, all of this time is very, very valuable.
4: Exactly right. I mean that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, it may not be major injuries, but this is the time where they need to build that chemistry and especially, you know, with the receivers and quarterbacks. So yeah, I mean those that that's why somebody's gonna step into this. And it was Cedric Wilson last year. You know, and, and it could be, you know, semi Fahoko. I mean like we all we can always laugh and chuckle and like oh, he, he's not going to do. He didn't even catch a pass last year. Same with Cedric Wilson. Right, yeah. He didn't do anything to make us think he's going to be a seven million dollar receiver going in free agency. Okay, and
3: I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know what you mean. And somebody will step up and take. I mean, somebody has to catch the ball. Like somebody will take those receptions. But Cedric Wilson's road to being a seven million dollar player was very long. I mean, just yeah to give you an idea. Like when you think about how long it takes to get to that point missed his rookie year with a shoulder injury came back in 2019 and was mainly like a return man who maybe got onto the field every now and then 2020 really had one great game which was seattle when was somebody hurt i don't remember why he got onto the field so much or maybe but i think he finished with 400 yards that year and like 150 of them came against seattle Mm -hmm. year four after he's worked that hard and been around for that long, he is ready right. to still be the number three. I mean, still, still, like just yeah. to give you—you you yeah, don't Phil just took an injury for Gallup. That's a good point,
4: Gallup. Yeah. it wasn't. If it was not for an injury by Gallup, then he's not. So, so you're
3: right. It sounds fun to say like, well, yeah, like this sixth round pick will step up and and plug right in, and hopefully somebody can. But that is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like that's why guys like Cedric Wilson are are my favorite players because that dude worked his ass off to carve out even at the end of the day not a small role but a specific role you know what i mean uh, so my point to easier that, said than done
4: yeah my point to that and this was a mailbag question maybe even this morning they kind of run together but like which 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 undrafted player do you see starting and you're like if you could see it based off of right now they would it would have been something they did in college and if you could see it then they would have been drafted, been drafted yeah. I, I i never thought tony romo was going to be the franchise quarterback he did He did. He did. (laughs) He told us as much. And, you know, it might have been because he struggled in our flag football playoff game. (laughs) And I'm like, this guy's not going to make it.
3: For every guy that... that,
4: Chris Chris was there. Wow, we had that. We should have won that
3: game. (laughs) For every guy that gets to the mountaintop and says, like, I always knew, there's another... There's a dozen guys every year who carry themselves that way and are gone by October. True. So, true. But, yeah.
4: So, I never saw the Cedric Wilson... I never, I never thought that was going to happen. I never, you know, never saw Terrence Steele taken over as a starting tackle. Um, so it's hard to see any of those guys. So maybe it is a Fahoko, Maybe it is a TJ Vasher. Maybe it is Don Ontario Drummond, who's an drafted guy, might be on our website right now.
2: Yeah. Frankly, I think all of this, all of what we will think of this wide receiver group when it comes down to it at the end of the year, in my opinion, will be about the offensive coordinator. If they continue the same the way they've played, which is we're going to just run it out there, we're going to try to find the open guy, we're going to have our quarterback get the ball to the open guy, I think they're going to be unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. I think if the offensive coordinator schemes up opportunities and finds as many unique ways to utilize their best asset, when when you're talking about their receiving core, which is C.D. Lamb, I think they can be successful because there are a lot of teams. You look at San Francisco and Debo, there are other good receivers on that team, but make no mistake about it. That whole thing started and ended with Debo Samuel doing what he does. And I think there are several teams around the league like that. When you have that kind of talent and the difference between that guy and the next guy is as big as I think it is, especially while Michael Gallup is out, mm. then I think you better find ways to get the ball in his laying hands I, and let him make plays. I think you take you take San
4: Francisco off the table because they don't have a player. Nobody has a player like Debo. And I think you take Green Bay off the table with, with Devontae Adams because nobody has a oh, I don't think people have quarterbacks like Rodgers. Even Mahomes is not like him as far as just getting it done with one guy. I, I look at Arizona. Did 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 Hopkins get the ball a lot? Did did they figure out because you know Kyler Murray and Dak are very two years comparable. ago
2: that he did. Yeah.
4: Okay. That's that's comparable to me. A guy, you know, um, they were figuring out ways to get Michael
2: Thomas the ball. I was going to say, can you say the Saints are the same way when Michael Thomas yeah. was healthy? Yeah. He, they were very dominant so, to to him, right? So yeah,
4: I think it's possible. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't like that comparison necessarily with Rodgers. People say that all the time. It's like nobody's Rodgers, you know. And I don't think anyone right now is really Debo. Yeah. But but there are other options. I mean, other um, comparisons there. I just I'm really Jamar Chase. Is another one. They get him the ball. But they, they
2: got good receivers there too. But they, they get that's him the point. ball, it's like he's but he's way better than everybody else,
4: though, right? It's
3: a loaded skill group, though.
2: But he's he's much better than the rest. I, of
3: I mean, they get him the ball, so I don't think we're really arguing. But like, yeah. it helps Higgins. And your number two is a top forty pick. Your number three is one of the better slots in the league. And know. Oh, don't forget the top five or six running back that's in the backfield, commanding that attention as well. So, I think you need a little bit of everything, and that's what I was about to say. Is That's all well and good. Kellen Moore can definitely improve. CeeDee Lamb needs to be a focal point. I'm going to be rooting like hell for Michael Gallup to crush this rehab because that is the quickest solve of all is if – He's running routes in August, and you're like, damn, well, like he's way ahead of schedule. And we don't know the answer to that right now. No, and I'm not trying to put undue pressure on the guy, but, man, that would go a long way toward making me feel
2: better about things. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. I did have one more question on CD. I want to ask you guys, where do you think is his biggest area for improvement going into this year? And then we'll talk a little bit about Zeke in his final segment. We'll be back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: Back to the break.
4: Next Tuesday night, June 7th at Riders Field in Frisco. The 9th Annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at 6.30 p.m. Come see your favorite Cowboys swing for the fences to raise money for the Salvation Army. Free admission to
2: all. See you there. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. And uh, we were talking about Lamb. We're going to continue talking about Lamb. My question for you guys is, where do you think is his greatest area for improvement? Where can he this year really, really take a step in getting better as a receiver over what he's been to this point in his career? I think it's probably lazy to say, but
4: everything? Be the man. I think he's got to, you know, be the dude, like, that's, that's what he hasn't had to do that before.
0: <laughs> coach, what do I need to improve on? Be the dude. Uh, be the man. <laughs> just be the man.
4: Yep. Okay.
2: I hope the coach got a better answer.
0: <laughs> I
4: just, <laughs> just start playing like Alo Black. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. That's it. That's it. Just, I'm the just, man. Just, just be
3: the man. I just have snapshot memories of CD's goofs, for lack of a better word. I mean, week one, Dak's pick mm-hmm. in week one was on him. That's a drop. Yeah. Uh, I have a vivid memory. I think it was fourth down. Right outside the red zone at the beginning of the Saints game, they schemed him open, and, and maybe some of it was on Dak, but he and Dak miscommunicated, mm. and the ball—I mean, he might score if the ball—if if they had been on the same page about what was happening, um just stuff like that, where it's like, you know, i th- your your hands are, are not as consistent as they could be, your route running is probably not as consistent as it could be, and that's—it's not to say he's like a bad player; he made the Pro Bowl, but. Yeah if you're going to be the number 1 receiver, you need to get better at all that stuff. And they like what we were just saying in the second segment, you got to feature the guy too. Like especially now, like if you've got CD and Amari fine, but you this guy is clearly a step above the rest of your receiving options. You can't like go into a game like, well, we'll we'll get him the ball when opportunity presents itself like Mm -hmm. you need a little more of a game plan on how to make sure this guy is making an impact
4: he's going to probably face a lot of the you know really good corners and i think you know obviously quickness feet is good but but probably the really good corners are the ones that know how to get their hands on you and, and 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 stop you at the line so, just looking at, at at CD, I mean, no one's no one's ever saying he should be playing tight end. You know, convert him to tight end. He's obviously light in the ass, and he's he's lean. That's what he is. He needs to make sure he gets off the ball. He's going to face the best corners. They're going to get their hands on him. They're going to be physical. He's got to be physical back. So, so we're finding a lot of things here.
2: On that note, like, what did you guys think of that little? I don't even know if I call it an experiment, but they tried a few times last year to line him up in the backfield, give him the ball doing the Debo-esque type things. Okay. I always thought it was a mismatch. Uh, I, well, not mismatch. I thought it was putting him in a situation where he a little out of place. Mm-hmm. You guys agree with that, or you think it, you want to see more of it? I want to
3: be clear. I don't want him carrying the ball to the degree that Debo did. No. But, like, see, but what you remember, and I know... What you remember is when he did it against Washington and got his ass lit up.
2: Yes, I do. But what you've probably (laughs) forgotten
3: is when he did it against San Francisco in 2020 and scored from 18 yards out. You're
2: right. You're right. I didn't think about that. He's got good
3: vision. He's fast. Like, I'm down with it as long as you're judicious about when you do it. And getting tackled is part of football. It's the same thing as Dak. Like, I'm fine with him doing it. I think he's got the potential to make big plays that way. Just – you know but there's no need for him to
4: top out at more than like but, 15 to 20 carries a season. season yeah but you know there's a reason why the running backs aren't 62 and 63 and if they are they look like Derrick Henry which mm-hmm. you know good luck with that but I mean, that's a lot of target to hit yeah. and that's kind of what happened on play he does kind of run high and high, all that yeah. now he had a run against the Chargers i believe around kind of close to the red zone goal line where it was like a draw and he you know just kind of that was when that, that first half, Kellen was just hitting him with everything. Mm-hmm. And he had a draw there, and it was about 15 yards, first down, and right behind Terrence Steele. It was just like, what's what going on here? This is great, you know. But um, So in spurts, but then again, he was, now he's the number one guy. It's the same as punt return. Do we expect him to be the punt returner? I mean, he's got different duties now as the number one receiver, and that's what they need, you know. And I just don't think he's special at running it, and special as a punt return. So if you're not going to be special, then I think you stick to being special number one receiver, and we Find someone else to do that stuff. All
2: right, let's talk about the running back position. I want
3: to talk about Zeke Elliott. Oh, it wasn't San Francisco; it was Philly that uh, he did that okay. against. Sorry. Okay. He had the onside, onside kick, kick recovery against. I can't Philly. remember either one of them.
2: Though. I just remember the run. Like I, I don't remember who they were playing. I just remember the run, and I was like, hmm, okay, It's yeah. kind of kind of good. I like that. Give me some more of that. All right, let's talk about Zeke Elliott at his best, assuming he's healthy. What do you think is the best case scenario for him this season, and what the Cowboys should be expecting from him this season? At his best? At his best. 1,200
4: yards and 10 touchdowns? Pretty good. Man. Yeah. Now, what did he have last year? He had 1,000 1, yards, 8 touchdowns? Something like that? I, I mean, know it was 1,000
3: yards. I'm not sure. It mean, was like 1,003. I mean, it was like. <laughs> oh, yeah. He <laughs> just got. He like fell over the line. Yeah. Uh, 1,002 and 10. Yeah, 10. Okay. But, again, I'll bet you four of those came in the first like four weeks of the season. Yeah.
4: Oh, 12 and 12 then. That's best case thing. I mean, people. his
2: average his average yards per temp were were four point two. Not yeah. great. Yeah. Not worse, obviously, but you probably expect a it's little more down from every him. Year. Yeah, isn't you it? you expect that a little bit more from him based on his history.
0: Well, I see a lot of people saying, you know, how he's running out of juice and all that, but I still have faith in him. Like I'm still I still think he can give you what you need. You know, in order for you to have a successful, balanced. Offense, where the running game is working and where the passing game is working. He's the guy that is just the O-line was not helping him at all last year, and that's a big problem. They need to fix the O-line, and I truly believe that if the O-line is improved from what it was last year and can manage and handle their own game, Zeke will be able to get the job done, the job that you need to get done. I don't think he... His game is far from being completely over and I know that like quote-unquote like the life expectancy of a running back is pretty short, but I still think that he can give you a pretty good season this year. Do
4: you buy into the PFF stuff? You know the You know their grades and all that kind of stuff. I mean sometimes sometimes I mean they they had him as the number one blocking running back in the NFL uh, last. I don't doubt that yeah I mean, I mean, we've seen not, we've seen not him just not just saying you know he's pretty good at it. I mean, he's he's the best at yeah. it, which which you have to factor that in when you're like, why is Tony Pollard not on the field? And th- I think it's a simple approach to just say, if you want to if you want to pass block, put Zeke in, and if you want to run <laughs> to the outside, put Tony in. It doesn't work like mm-hmm. that. Those plays change like that. So um, there's a reason why. There's a reason why, Derek. Is there a reason why Zeke's on the field all the time. Yeah, there is because he's a pretty good blocker. Which and
3: like people people want to write that off so bad. They're like, I don't care. Like we need the more explosive player. And I get. Look, I want Tony Pollard to touch the ball more. I think it's insane that he doesn't. But, uh, I mean, I wish we could go back and chart. Eh, maybe I should. That would be a time consuming yeah. project. But like, how many throws has Dak gotten off because? Of what Zeke does in that department. You ever heard of Chris? First Kronkowski? episode of
2: training camp. Dave, got it. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to turn it. it
3: over to you, and you're going to tell us. He's, I mean, he's great. At, and I mean, the fun thing, like we know exactly what Zeke's output looks like if everything's clicking the way it's supposed to. We've seen yeah. it. We've seen it plenty of times. Yeah, well, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. But he's 27. He will be 27 by the time we get to Oxnard.
4: That's so funny that that he's carried. That that's the, old. You know, yeah. he's been playing for, since he was for a running back. I know, but yeah. it is,
0: it is, and yeah.
3: he's he's been he's almost taking on a lot of carries. He'll, he'll hit two thousand career touches this season if he stays healthy. It's a lot. It's a lot of mileage. It's a lot of hits. But you
0: you, but you <laughs> mentioning the blocking game and how he blocks and all that. Like I think that that is an, a, a like a part of his game that people tend to forget. And I have so many plays like that i vividly can remember where he just goes in and he's not afraid to block whatsoever mm-hmm. he goes in and sometimes he gets he just bounces back mm-hmm. but he gives it his all and it's enough and it's like he really helps in that way even though it doesn't show in stats
3: twice a game last season It was like, yeah, that was really cool, but make sure you go back and look at the fact that it only happened because Zeke Mm -hmm. laid out in front of that guy. He blocked one of the most amazing plays he's ever made was when he took out two 49ers at once. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he did it. Yeah, He (laughs) got one guy with his upper body and, like, tripped the other guy. I don't remember what
4: happened with the pass, but Dak would have been mauled if he hadn't done it. Here's something that just off topic a little bit but about in baseball – you know, they do a pitch count, and then, like, everyone keeps up. Okay, this is his 83rd pitch. Well, he's thrown over to first seven times. Yeah. He's he's opens up every inning with, with a couple of fastballs. So you could say he's pitched 83 times, but, you know, it's the same with the running backs. I mean, he's, he's got this many touches. You're not counting the seven collisions he had with their middle linebacker, you know. So that that goes through. Like you said, Amber, she, he is, like, he's not – I mean, afraid of anything. Yeah. I mean, he has always played with that fearless, you know, mentality. So the fact that this is his seventh year and we're, we're still thinking he can be a, you know, thousand yard, twelve hundred yard runner. I mean. I think I think it's it's been pretty good. I mean, he's had he's had a good career, and but his contract is calls for him to be a great player right now, and I don't know if he can be great. But twelve and twelve would be pretty great for a running back. It would be, but it it comes with a lot of concern. I'm mean, it so you're counting on the
3: durability of a guy entering his seventh season, who's been a work workhorse all seven seasons. Even the year he got suspended, he had two hundred and fifty carries. Um mm, And right. how confident are we that the offensive line will be quote-unquote fixed?
2: So t- what do you think is the bigger issue? Do you think it's that there's been somewhat of a decline maybe in certain skills for, for Zeke? Or do you think the bigger issue is the offensive line? If he gets holes, he can be up there with the very best running backs in the league.
3: I thought he looked as good as he had since his rookie year through the first five weeks of last season. And... It's not to say better than he was as a rookie, but as good yeah like he had he looked more explosive, he looked more decisive um i mean i i, look, I'd, I'd, I and I know sorry Nick, I know no. you can't do this, but like if you if you calculate his first six week numbers for the whole season, you're talking about thirteen to fifteen hundred yards like that's yeah. how he
4: was playing yeah. so i Put it more on the offensive line. Me too. Because also when you look at look at 2015, that was the year before he got there. That offensive line was pretty good. I mean, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, they were really good offensive line. You're talking about Darren McFadden at the end of his career, Alf, Alfred Morris at the end of his career. Still, if the blocking is there, we saw those guys have some good games. I mean, 1,100 yards rushing for Darren McFadden at the very end of his career. So when that line is there – Those guys can can still block. I mean, I think that's the bigger issue is that they took a bigger drop than than Zeke did.
0: That's how I see it, too, where he's no longer the player that can, like how he was at first, where he could create holes. If there wasn't one, he could just bust through there and make it happen. Mm -hmm. He's no longer that type of player the way I see it. He's the type of player that does need the help from his teammates and the O-line. So that's the biggest difference, in my eyes at least, that... He went from being the guy that could make it all happen all on its own and get even extra yards having like five men on top of him to being the guy that, okay, now I do need I, a little help. Like, help me out. We're a team I, here.
4: I was going to disagree with you a little bit, but then I never thought of week one against the Bucks. Does rookie Zeke... Truck that guy at the goal line mm. when when Jarwin misses his block mm-hmm. and it's just him and some journeyman corner or that you've never heard of like Zeke trucks him and he yep. didn't and I and I, that's that's just one example but I, I, you're right he he does. He doesn't finish the runs like he was like he did before, but he's you know he still needs the holes. But you're right, he he needs a little bit of help there. They this is the theme yeah, of everything. I mean, yeah, Which, help, help the guys.
2: Yeah, like basically their team has to be better. Is I guess what I'm hearing from all these three guys we're talking about. They need everybody around them to also. Be they need
4: better. they need some J. Ron curses. That's what they need. They need three of those. These I didn't think <sighs> he was going to be that good. They do. They no, need, no, no, and no. they need curse to be.
3: That's I'm not. I think you're right. What's scary is like the track record of those guys not being J Ron is way longer yeah. than the track so, record of like, mm-hmm. holy
4: crap, the best player on our defense is the guy we signed for pennies. Like that just the the hasn't guys. A whole the lot. guys that have to do it or Tyler Biotish has to take that leap that, that Terrence Steele did. James Washington has to be the guy that you know, that he was. Maybe that's his second year in his career and he's gonna get opportunities. And then maybe somebody on defense you know, just another guy like that. And maybe it's maybe Layton comes back and has a really good year, or maybe one of those 11 pass rushers. A lot of maybes. Yeah. I mean
2: honestly the list of the list
3: of people that we need to show us more than what we've seen to this
2: point yeah. is awfully alarming in my opinion. Honestly, I, I think it comes down to the offensive like you, you mentioned Biadish, but I think just as much Tyler. like what we're talking about is what is Tyler Smith gonna do? Can he be better than Connor Williams? If he can be especially in the running game. If he can be better than Connor Williams yeah. in the running game, your running game should be back on track. Except you need Tyron Smith to stay healthy. Oh, that to me is I the know. big question mark that I don't think right now there's an answer for because I feel very I feel really comfortable saying I think Tyler Smith's going to be better in the running game than Connor Williams. I don't know what's going to happen at left tackle because I I would bet money that he's not going to play 17 games and if that's going to be the case, who's the guy? Who's the guy that's going to be out there at left Josh. tackle? Who's going to be protecting? <laughs> who's going to be protecting your quarterback? Who's going to be the guy that's going to be able to make things work? Like that, that's the part, to me, that I just don't know that there's a great answer for. And i am that's where I, I think most of their success offensively is going to come down to those two spots and what happens at those two spots. Ty and Secchi. Go get him. Call him in
3: August and say, hey, we need you after all. <laughs> I don't. That's I, I don't know.
4: I'm God, that, that, how bad is that? I'm kidding. Yeah,
3: I'm man. I'm kidding. But it's you know the best
2: jokes are born out of some kernel of truth. You always say. Hope. Honestly, I'm betting on Let's Go. I'm just hoping and praying that guy can play. Some. Okay, I'm hoping. He, <laughs> like that's all it is. is a he hope. has that's the all you size, can do but
0: then you see him. I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about it last week, but it's like he's literally one of the biggest guys on there. Yeah. Is it okay? Cool. But you know the, the in. Big guys sometimes they just look kind of like sloppy slumber, and like. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I mean, at practice last week, that's one of the things that I noticed is he's just a little wobbly. I know? don't know
4: who was on <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> schedule. To top heavy. <laughs> kind of like. I don't know who was on the schedule for North Dakota. Yeah. But I, I there's no ta- Tank Lawrence is probably on the other side mm. of the of the line, and I mean, but he's gonna he's gonna
2: face some of that. Did you a see, lot of that. Did you see what the Buccaneers did yesterday. Yeah, I did, and that that was I. I thought of you immediately, Dave, because you always those are the kinds of moves you're like. It, it's just it's a share. Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks goes uh, one to of the, the better one of the yeah. better big body. He, he doesn't stay healthy all the time, but when he's healthy. Him and Vita Vea, like that's that. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. I don't know how you're going to handle those two in the middle of that defense. Well, you
4: don't you don't mess with them. You you run to the outside <laughs> 55 yeah. times like they did. And, yeah, you know. week
2: one when the Cowboys play them, when you would suspect both of them are going to be healthy, that's going to be a that's going to be tough. Sweating. I
4: mean, you know, every every player has got got a little, and you know, they have they got some ego to them. We haven't seen a lot out of that out of Zach Martin, other than one time this last year he was like, I, I'm I'm a right guard. That's what I am. Yeah. And, and have no desire. To I just different. wonder, I just wonder if, in if the game plan is, we're not even going to mess with these guys in the middle if he's just like, dude, let me block the guy. Okay? I mean, I, I know Dominican soon, he stomped his way around for 10 or 12 years, but I can block him. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he did it once. But yeah, I was going to say that that's well. Okay, good. He ahead. was a, he's been a really good player. He's really he's good. Really player, good. Yeah. He he wrecked that playoff game it's next to Aaron Donald. He was the one that was yeah. given problems. But I just think that I I've said it before. I think I think they would have had a different game plan if Zach was in there. I don't think they go
2: away from the middle. Speaking of what he did in that playoff game, would would that be the kind of move? Like, would you have the same kind of reaction that you had about Hicks? Would you have that same kind of reaction if the Cowboys were to go out and get and Dalvin He's, he's still, still out sitting. There? I think he's still sitting out there as a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, I, I do signed. I would be very excited if the
3: Cowboys signed a great player at an affordable price. What's not to love about that? Yes, I'm, about I'm i I'm, You made me think it now, but I, I
2: thought it. I thought I saw that he was still a free agent. Yeah, he's still he's still available. Yeah.
3: Which and I'm, I mean, Hakeem Hicks just took his spot in the Bucks lineup. Yeah. So how about I mean we we've heard <laughs> whispers about heard whispers about the name Anthony Barr like yeah there are still things they could do that would yeah. make me happy yes if Akeem Hicks was on this team <laughs> I'd be like that was a
2: pretty good call no absolutely yeah good absolutely call. About him. yeah
3: you still um it's June 1st by the way so that Lyle right. money just hit the bank account right we That's rich right. yeah go do something with it somebody Let's do it mm-hmm. it's not too late you got time to upgrade this <laughs> roster before the games start yeah all right. I
0: worry about the future? Not mm, this season. There's only so year. much pie. Yeah, I've you, been told
4: that yeah. before. I'm, I'm, I'm Dak, thinking
0: ahead. Dak
4: is supposed to make... <laughs> Dak is counting $40 million a year, no. and he has not counted close to $40 million a year no. yet. So at some point... is coming? going to more than that. <laughs> That's the even out. What you're saying is true, but that doesn't
3: mean Ndamukong Kinsu wouldn't want to play a year here for $6 million, or I don't know how much it would cost to get him, but... I, they, there's ways they could improve
2: this team if they really wanted to. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. Right. Let's do it, then. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week, or these guys will be back next week. I will not be here, but you three will be Starting back. Starting that vacay early? No, I got to go out and talk to the NFL. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Okay. Our NFL meetings. So, um, NFL? <laughs> yeah. Got to go Derek. knock on the door. I'm going to walk right up. <laughs> Let's have a seat and have some talks. So uh, I'll be gone. You guys will be here. We'll talk about the OTAs. And then the final week of our shows will happen the week following that when uh, minicamps are happening. We'll have lots of content that week. There will be uh, interviews, with players, coaches, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check us out the next couple weeks. For Nick Eatman, Dave and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!